shouting and the laughter of the sandlot grows dim, there's a reason. It's because the great American boy is hard at work, inventing, creating. In the days before people used the term do-it-yourself, it seemed that everyone was building something in their basement, from ham radios to hovercrafts. I know, I was one of the kids who bought the $2 hovercraft instructions. So naturally, the moment I read about the second annual Maker Fair at the San Mateo Fairgrounds, I knew I had to go. From the moment you enter, it's an unabashed assault on the senses. Kind of a burning man for the pocket protector set. But for old school tinkerers like me, it's a bizarre little slice of heaven. It's about creativity, and people do it in lots of ways here. They do it as robots and rockets, and they do it with knitting and sewing machines. And I think there's a generosity of spirit to the event that people are able to share it, and, and it comes from the magazine, too. In February of 2005, Dale Doherty and crew launched a magazine called Make. The compact quarterly, with headquarters in Sebastopol, is basically like a hipped-up popular science for technically inclined do-it-yourselfers. Doherty expected a slow start, and was he wrong? By the summer of 2007, he'd accumulated over 90,000 paid subscribers. Make Magazine was a surprise hit, but it was more than that. Some saw it as the beginning of a movement. And like any movement, it needed a festival. In 2006, the first annual Maker Fair made its debut with more than 20,000 makers attending. In 2007, the turnout doubled. When people can share the recipes, you get communities that are growing here, and you get people that can copy by taking the recipe and making it themselves. And they make it their own way, no, no doubt. It's not you know, slavishly following flavor. those instructions. It's their flavor, their taste. So who are these makers? Well, there's only one way to find out. By taking a web camera and taking off the lens to reveal the imager chip, which is this little square. Okay, and what I'm going to do is take some pond water and I'm going to put it right on top of the imager chip and we're going to see the shadows. Now the little sensors are so tiny, they're 10 micron, they'll let you see these pretty much invisible plankton. So this is like your basic pond water style. Exactly, the muckier the better. And so I'm going to put the plankton right on top of the imager chip. I have basically some tin foil in a tube and a little tiny hole poked in it. That makes a point light source. It's like a pinhole camera. It's like a pinhole camera, right. And then when I put this on, it's basically, that's, that's the image there they are. of the light. Wow, that's a lot better than the microscope I had when I was a kid. As you might expect, there's no shortage of whimsy. At this booth, for example, you can learn how to build your own 3D printer, which happens to print with cheese Whiz. Looking for something a bit more practical? Here's one, sort of. Just give me a layout of what it is you got here. This is it's something crazy and different. Yeah, well, this is a system that allows plants to call people when they're in need. So what happens is that when a plant dries out or it's in need of light, over time, it actually triggers on a wireless network a phone call. And um, it'll tell you, I'm desperately in need of water, or it'll even tell you, it'll even thank you for watering it. Eventually, it knows you know, when, it, when the situation is getting desperate. So it'll, it'll go from being like, hey, do you mind watering me, to being like, I'm, I'm hurting. Like, I really, I really need some water. Can you please help me out? It's fun. I mean, I, I can really see it's a, a whole new use for call waiting. You know, hold on, <laughs> my, my plant's on the other line. Yeah. <laughs> 
For hardcore makers, here's something a bit more macho. Need to cut intricate designs into half-inch thick steel? Tech Shop will teach you how, and even lend you the equipment. We get about half the people that don't know what they want to build, but they know they want to learn. And what? the other half, they already have projects in mind, and they need a place to do it. What motivated you to do this? I needed a place to work on my stuff, and I couldn't find any place. So, so. it wasn't a money-making scheme, it was a passion thing. Huh? Yeah, exactly. There's even a store, and that's where I spotted one of the great celebrities of the maker movement, a man who helped make the first Apple computer. The fun in life that you get from creating and building things and making new little things of your own and showing them to other people and talking about them, that's just the love of life. The people out here are a real threat to the Western economic system because they're doing it all for no money. They're doing it all for free because they love to do it. And that's a, that's a threat to the model of you only do things for money. In a way, that's the perfect Maker Fair sentiment. Maker Fair is like a trade show, but the currency of exchange is ideas, not cash. And what a collection of ideas, from the sublime to the ridiculous. But after eight hours here, pretty much anyone's brain would be on overload. I know mine was. I just don't know what to do. <laughs>